Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 60. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on? All you unstoppable restaurant professionals, it's your host Eric Cacciatore and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry and we do that by taking the advice and listening to the stories of some of the industry's most successful restaurant professionals. Today's Thursday, you know what that means, it's Authority Thursday and we are talking to such an authority in the industry on the topic of marketing that he wrote a book. Um, I can't wait to dive into the content. As always, I have to remind you to connect with me at Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash restaurant unstoppable. And uh, on Twitter, uh, my handle is at Eric Cacciatore, restaurant unstoppable was too long. Anyway, um, I need to hear what you guys are, are you know, thinking about the, the show. I am here. I'm here for you. I really am. I promise you guys I'm here for you and I uh, want feedback and I will use that feedback to make the show as valuable to you as possible, and I want to know who you want to hear from, so let me know, and I'll do everything humanly possible to get them on the show. That's all I got. Enjoy today's episode. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Charlie Hopper. Charlie, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Uh, you know, thank you for coming on the show. Are you ready to drop some bombs of knowledge that are going to make all of our marketing efforts just a little bit more unstoppable. Well, I've got I've got the material. I've got some uh, oily. I've got some rags that have been soaking in oil and some bottles, and uh, <laughs> and, and I don't know what else makes bombs. But yeah, I've got the materials. Who knows if they'll explode or not? We'll see. I mean, that, that's kind of scary. It's the first time I actually had somebody admit that. But anyway, let's moving on to the interview. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so Charlie draws on 20 years of restaurant marketing experience to offer recommendations on everything from brand positioning to social media and original content. He is the author of Selling Eating, a book filled with advice, examples, and ideas about restaurant marketing and how to communicate with your guests. Additionally, he contributes to Food and Drink International, Adweek, and blogs at sellingeating.com. Charlie, that's just a quick introduction of who you are and what you're about. Uh, why don't you tell us your story? Um, how'd you get into the industry, and uh, how did you get to where you are today? How did I get to this room in the basement that does not echo? You don't have an echo at all, right? <laughs> you sound um, great. <laughs> I, uh, yes, how did I get here? I began as a copywriter at, uh, at agencies, and we were pitching accounts that you do as, as an ad agency person. And we ended up pitching an account called Steak and Shake Restaurants that was located in our city and uh, kind of, you know, loved the brand already. But we could see at the time, it was 1990, it was sort of uh, struggling a little bit. It, it turned out that they had just changed management and they were bound to probably come back one way or the other. But they uh, 
they had kind of fallen on sort of hard times. And so we took it as a, sort of a labor of love to really think about it. And I just was lucky enough to be working at a place with a bunch of people who kind of refused to do typical advertising. The whole agency I was working at, which is now where I'm working uh, still after having left that, gone out into the wider world for five years in the 90s, but I came back because of the way that the agency runs, which is to really just try to drop whatever conventions and typical cliché approaches to any industry are common and really, you know, get to know the people that you're trying to advertise to, which in the case of Steak and Shake is kind of everybody. But as you start to, you know, really pull it apart, really study it, really kind of back away and try to drop your preconceived notions, you realize that a restaurant is one of the most complicated, really variable sorts of products that you can advertise. So just, over, you know, really kind of off the bat, we sort of hit on, the, on an idea, which we can get to it momentarily, but um, in general, um, we just, I spent those uh, nearly 20 years um, at Steak and Shake really trying to deconstruct what really happens in people's minds when they're choosing a restaurant, when they're deciding if they're fans of the restaurant, when they're deciding whether they uh, sort of want to promote the restaurant, you know, among their friends when it's time yeah. to decide where to eat. You know, how about Burger Shake? Well, you're kind of going out on a loop if you're the one who suggests that. So anyway, just that that was really the grounding. And then, you know, you become kind of involved to the degree that we were, which we did everything for Steak and Shake from the from the ketchup packets to the TV ads, just every single thing that we could possibly touch because we felt very early on that people are not fooled by advertising. They are only influenced by how a product uh, company really seems to operate. That's one of my fundamental beliefs. But in any case, yeah, we, we became so just deeply involved with Steak and Shake that we became kind of experts sort of on the industry. We really studied it. We really got to know all the various aspects of what it takes when you're trying to, I don't, know, I don't want to say trick people into coming to your restaurant, but I kind of mean that. I mean, kind of, kind of make them decide that you are the best choice at any given moment, whether it's a late night or breakfast or lunch or whatever the occasion. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to figure out how do you make people choose your restaurant, and that's not easy. It's, it's a lot easier with a product that stays the same uh, 24 hours a day, that, you know, that no matter what you do, it's always the same. Well, uh, but anyway, it, I think I wandered pretty far from the question. <laughs> what was your question? No, basically, I just wanted to hear your story, uh, like uh, what your experience was and how you got into the industry. Oh, yeah. And um, basically, you just, you know, sure. it, it was through Steak and Shake and your experience, um, and I'm sure you've done a lot since then. I, I want to dive into the content of your book a little bit. Um, I, I've i only had this book for about 24 hours now. Um, I'm a little spoiled. I have Amazon Prime. I'm used to things coming like overnight. But for some reason, this took a little bit longer. And uh, I didn't have as much time as I wanted to, to dive into it. But I did uh, sleep with it. I woke up with it. And we are very um, – I didn't make it breakfast. I should have. But anyway, uh, we are very intimate now. And this book was great. It really was uh, – um, I didn't want to put it down, and I kept on diving deeper and deeper. Um, I mean, we're just going to try to hover above and try to, you know, not really dive into all the chapters, but you break this book down into three sections, Um, the marketing, uh, the communication, and the day-to-day. Obviously, we're not going to be able to dive into each section of this book deeply, but what I would like to do is just kind of brush upon what 
topics really stood out to me and um, get your uh, you know thoughts on some of these things. And uh, hopefully at the end of the interview, people will be enticed to go pick up your book. One thing about this book, which I really liked, which is really, uh, you know, brush upon the first chapter is being yourself and uh, that whole concept of just, you know, having that integrity and uh, you you are only the best you. There's only one Charlie Hopper. There's only one Eric Catch story. Uh, and to really sell yourself, you have to know yourself and have that mission and have that vision and have it clearly spelled out. Uh, would you agree that that's kind of a... A big concept that you're trying to get across in the first section? Yes, I would say that that's a, a good, for someone who's only had the book uh, for a few hours, uh, that's a good summary of of what that whole point of that whole section is because it's more important now that it's always very important to understand who you are. All the great brands, if you just think back in history, really you can describe them very simply. You can describe them with a couple of words. And uh, that was a whole big revolution in the middle of the 20th century where, you know, brands really began to stand for something instead of just trying to uh, call out the words quality and service, you know, and value. So they, they really began to stand for something. That's the idea of marketing is what, what is what does your brand stand for? What is the emotional connection that you expect people to have to that? And why should they have it? The reason that um, in a restaurant setting we, you know, we say be who you are is, I'd say a couple of things. One is that is a way to avoid just glomming on to <laughs> cliche, easily assumed, inherited ideas from a bunch of other restaurants. I mean, if you if you just jump in and try to imitate the success of other restaurants, you end up blending in and you end up not really figuring out what makes you special and enunciating it. Yeah. And, and it, by enunciating it, it, yeah, then you can really pursue it. Right? And you, in the book, you do kind of go on to describe, like, you describe different types of roles you can take uh, getting into the industry. But, I mean, you have to pick up the book to, to, to dive more into that. But, yeah, like, I just, it's so important. Um, and I, you know, say this all the time. It's just a matter of being who you are, and if that's why one of the reasons why I love indie restaurants is because they have that identity about who they are, and a lot of the time, the sure. real successful marketers aren't trying to be anybody else. They just they are just transparent and honest and authentic, and they when they are that person, when you're nobody but yourself, you don't get off track because you can't stray from yourself. Um, which I mean, which is one of the messages I got. And um, would you agree with that? Yes, and I think this. <laughs> That's the, that's the other thing besides help, you know, if you, if you really try to understand why you exist, what your fundamental differences are, the things that you can do, the things that make you should exist in a market full of options, uh, once you really kind of pin those down, uh, and, and start making who you are, the, the other thing that happens, and it's very important these days, is you can start applying that to all the different things you have to do because mm-hmm. you, start, you you don't just get to uh, run a couple ads or place a couple of uh, billboards out in the community and, and have people believe it. You have to actually behave that in, in a way that's consistent, clear, every minute of the day um, and in social media because that's changed everything. You can't just do a campaign. I mean, if you think back, I mean, a lot of a lot of restaurant companies and other companies would just kind of have their campaign of the year. This year, the campaign team is blank. 
and it may or may not have been consistent. But now, you know, now that you have a bunch of people who are probably, you know, 23 years old, just out of college, they're not being paid very much, and they're being put in charge of the social media of these big companies by people who don't completely think they understand it, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, changing who you are every year is really inefficient and confusing for the people trying to have a relationship day-to-day, moment-to-moment with your customers. And so if you can really just be on the side of the good, if you can be the, 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 you know, the, the chief example being probably Chipotle, who really understands who they are, yeah. um, then I mean, everything that they do can support that. So, um, all right, one thing you wrote in the book in the first section there, uh, the marketing section, um, you, you say you can't tell somebody to love you. Um, what do you mean by that? Can you elaborate? Have you ever tried that? It doesn't it, You have to behave in a way that makes them love you. You can't just tell them to love you. And that starts to have as much to do with the communication as it does with the branding. But it, it gets at the heart of everything where if you know what it is that makes people like you and, and you can behave that way in everything that you do from understanding what it is about them that makes people like them and behaving that way in everything that they do, you can make people love you, mm-hmm. and people can become big fans, and then and become and you guide that lunch train right to your door. But um, you can't just tell them that. That, that really starts to, to leak into the discussion well, of communication. Yeah. Well, we'll if you just say uh, you should love me, um, <laughs> the, probably the, one of the last things that you're going to do is love me. You can't tell people to love you, but you can make them love you through your actions and through having integrity and following through with what you say you're going to do. Not just saying you're this, but being that, and you know, and, and just delivering on what you promise and um, treating your people right. And I mean, you think about all the times you've seen some chubby, ugly dude with a beautiful girl. You know what? I bet he made her love him. Through just being authentic, genuine, having a personality, and being themselves, and just uh, following through with it, right? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. So, Charlie, let's talk about communication for a little bit. Uh, In the book, a big part of the book is communication. What would you want the reader to take away quickly? um, If you could sum it up, uh, what kind of communication is important? Get away from cliche writing. Try to think of what branded message you're trying to communicate based on the first section um, in the food photography. The food photography can help support that. Or at least it cannot, you need to get beyond just the food photography to really get people convinced. Mm -hmm. But then I guess the third third, uh, idea is just back to this idea of understanding who you are so that in everything you do, whether you're responding to a negative review on Yelp or not responding to it or choosing to not respond or rewarding your fans on social media in some way by interacting with them or responding to them or giving them an unexpected uh, surprise or trying to regulate the flow of food photography in your restaurant like Applebee's is trying to do right now with their new app. Understanding who you are and what makes you is, is, is the thing that people take away. Awesome, Charlie. I love it. So um, the last part of the book is titled The Day Today. What is the significance of this, this last section of the book, the third and last section of the book? Well, it kind of goes back to, you know, I just did, when you asked me the question, I think I kind of naturally just went to advertising because that's the career that I've grown up in. And, you know, marketing being all wrapped up in advertising, it's easy to get distracted by talking about advertising and marketing because they kind of live in a little tidy 
world where you can judge things based on aesthetics and, and, and the, you know, how you feel about them or how the audience responds to them. And um, it, it's easy to accidentally stop there because what happens then is you end up with a campaign that might be a great campaign that doesn't really help the actual restaurant. So that's what the day-to-day section is really there for. It's just acknowledge and offer help and advice in ways to live the brand because that's really what it's about. You can't just say what your advertising campaign is going to be. You have to come up with something that everybody gets and that everybody can live. Everybody at the Taco Bell, everybody at the Chipotle, everybody at the everybody at the Cheesecake Factory gets what that brand is. It doesn't have to be spelled out to them on a memo. They get it, mm-hmm. and, and then they can live it day to day. And so when you go in the Joe's Crab Shack and you've got all these kind of off-color T-shirts hanging up, you kind of get it immediately. Nobody has to explain it. You go in the bathroom, there's a tile that has the reversed Eat at Joe's. I don't personally think you should try to communicate in the bathroom very much, <laughs> but that one works. That's kind of deft, and it's in the ba- it's in the and it kind of says here's here's a a jolly good natured restaurant, and it you know it's kind of being put on as an artificial thing. It also works to, for people on some other level, versus. You know, if you see an ad for Hardee's with a sexy, sexy woman, I actually think that Hardee's understands their target really well. And even though I have a daughter and therefore am horrified to be sitting in the living room <laughs> watching TV with a daughter when a Hardee's ad comes on and it makes me very uncomfortable and I, I resent them and I wish they would stop, I also have to commend them for being very consistent and understanding their brand and um, understanding probably their, you know, 17 to 28-year-old uh, single men construction worker target, apparently. And so um, so th- that part of Hardy's, I think, and Carl's Jr., they, they got that figured out pretty well. But if you take it into the day-to-day and you go into the Hardy's near my house, it's not <laughs> even remotely related to that soft porn fantasy that they showed on TV last night. So, I mean, they're, you know, they, they, they don't take care of the place. It's the basics of the, you know, running any public establishment that they're not taking care of. There's service aspects. There's the yeah. control of the interior um, messaging. And nothing that they do supports what you see. And what, as a consumer, then you conclude is, well, that's just a bunch of Marketing BS. Yeah. It's not what they're really about. They're just this cynical money-making machine, and that's fine. I just want a burger, but I don't love this place, and I'm not going to go out of my way to get one. Versus, God, people will drive way out of their way to go to the places that they do love. I think it goes back to what we said in the very beginning of the book is just having who are you, who you know, identify yourself, and then be right. who you are. And if you be, if you show people who you are when they come in they're not going to be disappointed because you're being who you said you are and you can't be anybody but yourself. There's only one Charlie Hopper. There's only one Eric Cacciatore and there's only one of your (laughs) restaurants. So be your restaurant and find out how your restaurant's different and capitalize on your strengths and expose your competitors' weaknesses. And you write that in the book. And these are some of the things you talk about. Um, That's why it really resonated with me because when I talk um, and I get advice from guests on the show, they say, you know, just be yourself. Be honest with who you are. Don't fold to the trends. And, uh, you know, when it comes to social media marketing, um, 
there's no secret to it. Like if you have a social media account for yourself and you're an indie restaurant owner and you have a separate one for your restaurant, I'm get rid of your personal social media account and just own your restaurant. It's a, it's an extension of who you are. If you're truly passionate about it and it's what you're lived to do, then be it and show people Absolutely. who you are and show them your team members. Yeah. 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 No, so many of us hate this new world where we have to be on all the time. We can't separate our, private selves from our public selves as well as we used to be able to and we can't ever be off and that's the thing about the social media um people want to understand who that other human on the other end of the uh the the social media cord is and if you are a phony promotional business they are not it's not like they're going to do something horrible about it they're just going to ignore it yeah and then you completely lose your ability to relate to them on that media. Whereas if you can be yourself, if you can be Arby's tweeting about Farrell Williams had at the Grammys, people love you. That's what a human would do. That's exactly. internet humor. They get in the internet uh, audience. It, it goes, the social media. You know, it goes back to what you say is you can't tell people to love you, but you can make them love you by being who you say you are. When you market be that person that you are saying you are. And when people come and then you have that integrity because you are delivering on what you say you are and what you say you will do, then people that the people that resonate with you will sing your praise, will tell their friends, will send people your direction. And, um, I mean, will you agree with what I'm saying? Yep. Um, in the book, you talk about um, everybody has a bullshit detector. Uh, so what do you mean by that? <laughs> it's been true since forever. Um, we ever more true that we all know how this works. We all understand that this is a, that, that a restaurant is a business and a business has a, a, an interest in getting you to spend money there. And so with that in mind, we all recognize a bunch of, you know, a bunch of advertising crap and we just <laughs> don't even worry about it. We just ignore it and we don't process it. And so when a restaurant that does not have a defined brand talks about their quality foods, we're like quality beef or something. We're like, that's fine. I know what you're doing. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, we just, we just dismiss it. And so it takes a couple of things. One, I think it takes, you know, an ability to appear to be telling the truth, and I would again go back to Chipotle, they seem like they mean what they're talking about. So when they had that cat, that almost catastrophic moment where they said, you know what, because of, because of the supply and demand, we might have to start using some meat that is not to our personal standards. Yeah. But because they're so honest about it and because they're so defined and so I mean, the appearance of honesty is so difficult to maintain. You can be telling the truth and be, still be convicted and put on death row, or you can be... Uh, you're not, if you're not getting caught in a lie, then off. it's not as bad. I mean, if you come out and say what it is, if you're transparent and honest, I mean, I think that's the lesson I'm taking away from Chipotle. Just, uh, we can learn a lot from these corporations, but being transparent and honest, if you get caught in a lie... And consistent, yeah. Exactly, then what and, are they going to do? And, and, and respect, but... The, but then the next thing is, I would say also though, let's, I think the bullshit detector, <laughs> um, kind of doesn't come on and activate if you apply the right amount of charm. And by charm, I basically mean respecting the intelligence of the people that you're talking at. Yeah. So if you use, 
if you use the medium well and you, you, you work with people who, like Sonic guys, know the, the difference between fake humor and actual humor, or with uh, Chipotle, the difference between speaking honestly and speaking almost honestly, or, you know, keep, keep going uh, down all the good campaigns you can think of, I would say that by applying a little bit of respect for your audience, you can then deliver your message, which might have a little bit of bullshit in it. You can deliver your message effectively if you just don't harangue and make them miserable. There's a lack of care or a lack of sensitivity or a lack of understanding between uh, set of humans that are trying to communicate and the people who are supposed to receive that message. If you don't get each other, the message just lost, the bullshit meter goes off. So as soon as you start activating the BS meter, which is actually, I think, a Hemingway thing, he would say he took something like writer, all, all writers have to have a very sensitive, finely tuned bullshit meter. But I think it goes for marketers as well. I mean, you just have to know that if you just tell people, uh, we've had clients just say, you know, you know, just tell them it tastes good. Just tell them, tell them it. this really tastes good. It really is. You can't. You can't tell them to love you. You can't tell them it tastes good. You can't tell you can, you can lead them to that conclusion. You can try to convince them by your behavior. You can try to describe what makes it taste good and hope that they, they hear the honesty that you're using, but you can't just tell them. Exactly. Um, cool stuff. Uh, so, Charlie, one more th- another thing in the book that I was reading um, that really stood out to me and I, I really admired uh, was your uh, towards the end of the book, uh, well, there's two things at the end of the book. The first thing is how you pay homage to managers and how you talk about how you're only as good as your team. Um, let's talk about that for a little bit. What, what, were you, what message are you trying to uh, deliver with that? Uh, we all experienced <laughs> was my first understanding of that, and then I just observed it uh, over and over. Uh, the, there was no real good explanation of why some stories did better than others when we were working with Um When they all got the same material, they were all supported with the same uh, media campaigns. Why did this one have, have a, park, a packed parking lot and this one couldn't? And part of it might have been real estate, but a lot of it, maybe all of it was there's just a sense of life and bustle and uh, a positive feeling in the air. And it's, you know, we're weird creatures, we humans. We have abilities to detect things that we don't even understand. Um, I don't believe just in sixth sense, but like seventh, eighth, and ninth sense. I think we have ability to understand what's going on in a situation. And if you have a manager who sets the tone for everybody in that restaurant to be you know, efficient and friendly and be actually be enjoying their job. You can tell when you're working with someone who enjoys their job and, oh my God, it makes such a difference. And people respond to that and they, they, they say, they, they say words about it that don't quite capture it. You know, I, this place, mm-hmm. this is a lively place. You know, they, they can't say what it is they're responding to, but they are definitely detecting it. There was this franchisee. We go to the franchisee concept, uh, the, the, the gathering each year and uh this one franchisee always won the best you know award for the most sales and some of it was real estate but a lot of it was just they were a pop that that was a positive franchisee personally 
who hired positive people, who created a situation where the restaurants just ran well. And every single thing that we were able to give them through marketing efforts, they were able to execute in a way that made people come back and come back and come back. Uh, there are there's stuff in the book about, you know, some tricks you can pull. <laughs> um, I, 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 one blogger that I have exchanged blog entries with really summed up, I think, nicely uh, some methods that he used to make people who were not necessarily naturally friendly as servers um, come out of their shell. Yeah, that's a, a really, yeah. Um, I, that was I, a great I part of the book. I love the story. And if you get the book, um, it's towards the end of the book. He kind of shares this, the uh, messaging back and forth on that blog, um, and it's basically the what happened. The, the gentleman, um, I can't. His name's was it Hartzell? Hart. Yeah, Mark, Michael Hartzell. Yeah, Michael Hartzell. Um, the uh, I'll summarize basically what happens is uh, some people aren't naturally outgoing, right? And some people. Uh, just don't have that uh, ability to always be happy. But some people have good intentions and they're, they're not necessarily bad employees. How do you bring them to the next level? And uh, Mark says he cheats. So do you want to give some examples of how he says he cheats? Well, you know, I, I don't have it in front of me, but the one that always sticks out to me is the one where he, he leaves false uh, positive comments, um, gives positive feedback to someone, uh, who he knows will then feel more confident and more um, outgoing as a result next time. So what do you suggest doing? Yeah, like leaving like a note on the table, slipping it in, um, really, you know, complimenting the server. And the server doesn't know that uh, his boss did this, but he thinks these the, the customers did it. So now he's all like high on life. Uh, sorry, keep going. Yeah, no, and that's why he says he's cheating. He is. He's totally yeah. cheating. <laughs> if that person found out that, who knows how they'd feel? They wouldn't like it. Another. But, um, sorry, go ahead. But but, one, but but the goal is to try to get people to be honestly be themselves and be uh, a positive person using the tools that they have brought to the game and not turning, you know, the office space scenario into which I'm sure is happening right now in America all over the place where you have the person who is naturally enthusiastic with all the flair, like in the office space uh, movie where the guy is almost, he's overly cheerful and falsely yeah. cheerful, which is off-putting. And then you have the uh, Jennifer Aniston character who's very kind of basically a, a likable person who can't stand the phony requirements of her job. And so this this Michael Hartzell cheating is a way to get that, Jennifer Aniston type person to use their personal version of being friendly <laughs> um, and positive and helpful because we all have a we all have a way of being positive and friendly and helpful. Tina Belcher on Bob's Burgers can can be very charming, but she's not bubbly, yeah. you know. And, and Jennifer Aniston character was not going to be able to do the flair the way that the the, you know, the phony guy did. Yeah. So everybody's got their different style, and that's kind of what that's about. It's trying to help someone find their find their groove, which is not going to be the same as the person next to them. Yeah. And um, lastly, uh, at the very end of the book, you write about um, the best times of my life have been around a table. And um, really, what I'm picking up in this part of the book is, you know, so many people we go out to eat, but we're really going for that experience. Um, so you talk to us a little bit about the experience and how you should try to capture and, um, you know, market that experience. Is, is that what you're getting at here? 
Yep. Yeah. I, what a wonderful segment to be working with. Restaurants is, you know, that's where people go for reasons beyond sustenance. I mean, no, there are occasions that are all just simply about I'm hungry, therefore I must eat. But mostly a restaurant is a place for something significant to happen, whether it's a simple uh, let's just sit and talk for a little while, let's relax, let's decompress, or let's celebrate. Let's be had whatever it might be to be part of people's lives in that way is an exciting opportunity. And so then what do you do? You just basically have to think about everything from the point of view of the customer, which you've been doing since the brand, you know, the marketing branding exercises. You've got to think of it from the customer's point of view. What will make that occasion memorable mm-hmm. in a positive way? And and once you kind of understand where you fall in the rhythm of that evening or that lunch or breakfast, how you can help them, you can be part of something wonderful. The best, you know, sitting and people sitting and laughing with each other, getting to know people they didn't know. What a wonderful, what a wonderful platform restaurant is. In respect to capturing these, these moments, these memories, these special times in your guest's life, what are some creative ways to market these uh, experiences? What advice do you have for the listeners at home that, you know, witness this happening in their restaurant and they want to capture it and they want to uh, share what people are experiencing in their restaurants? Do you have any advice for us? Well, there's certainly, you know, the moment to moment, just having, you know, setting up the manager to give the server the ability to recognize when is a good time to bring the table side guacamole over and when is not. I'm thinking of the Breaking Bad mm-hmm. scene. Um, you know, when when should you interrupt and when can you be part of it? When can you be, you know, a positive force and help break the ice and stuff like that? So that becomes the difficulty of finding and good people who can who can take that moment. But you know, way before then, just to understand, you know, what kind of materials do these people need to quickly get their decision made and they get to each other. That's when we talk about the menu. Don't make the menu difficult. Um, it is a chance to tell your story, but it's also a tool, and the people are going to be trying to talk to each other while they're using this tool. It's, it's, so getting it efficient, getting it uh, to also be strategic so that it's selling what you want them to have so that they have a good experience uh, and, and they're ordering what you fix the best. Mm-hmm. All these things come into play before the people actually walk into yeah. the restaurant. So, you know. um, so what you're saying to me, I just recently finished this book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Affected People, written by Stephen Covey. Um, and what the first habit, and it's, it's what I'm listening to you say right now, is pro- being proactive. Um, think about what you can do to change a situation to um, make it go a certain way. Look at it objectively at your guests sitting down, what can you do proactively to make their experience better? What might they need looking from outside? Take, take a snapshot of their situation. What questions or what may they ask you in the future to make that experience better? And then do it. Don't wait to be asked. Just do it and create these amazing experiences. I can't believe my server thought to ask me that. Like, you see them walking in and they're holding their back like they're sore or something. Ask if you can get them a pillow and put it behind them. Like little <laughs> shit like that is what mm-hmm. people love. And you talk about the menu. If you have a menu that's confusing, it's going to immediately 
set the wrong tone. If you can be proactive and create a menu that is both easy for your servers to work with and for your guests to read and paints the picture, then you're being proactive and you're going to make that experience great from the get-go. Do you want to add anything to that? Um, I think you said it. Um, just back to, you know, and if you run a ship where everyone's afraid to step out of line, then that pillow is never going to appear. Figuring out how far you can give people, and some people will take a mile if you give them an inch, they can't do it. But, you know, there, there, there has to be an understanding of, of how you can enable the people around you to make you look good. And uh, so, there, you know, that, that's back to the day-to-day. But then clear backing all the way up to the food photography and the, the way you write about stuff and the, what you're saying, it's all part of that one moment when people are going to have a good meal or not. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, do you have any final thoughts for us, any parting piece of advice? Maybe can you think of a question I could have asked you to make this interview uh, more effective and share it with us? No, I think you've uh, sort of smoked out the things I have to say <laughs> generally, which is take the time to understand why you exist and why people should like you and then figure out how to make talk about yourself in a way that they do like you and then find a, make sure that you can enunciate it in such a way that every single thing from the the 23-year-old manning your uh, social media to the uh, the people on the front line to the people approving the trans lights that are going to go back by the drive through Everybody's got to kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Very true. So this is your book. Um, let's say uh, this is your opportunity to give your book one final plug. Um, why do we need to pick up this book? I don't think there's any other books that are like it. That was what kind of led to its creation. I, I, I think there's a lot of books about marketing in general. I think there's a lot of books about the minutia of running a restaurant. I think there's a lot of memoir-type books. But there wasn't a book that we could identify that really dealt with how to communicate what makes your restaurant great. The communication part of that is really what we do, what I do every day for all the clients I work for. And uh, it's just something It actually pisses me off when I see it (laughs) not being done well. It's like, stop saying that. Stop saying the same boring, cliche words about succulent shrimp and cook to perfection that don't mean anything, and you're just saying them because someone else said them, and think about it, and stop and think about it, and really give yourself uh, permission and the time to think about what makes your place great, because so many great places, I think, suffer from communicating their strengths Mm -hmm. effectively. And there's a lot of little tricks. There's a lot of little tricks. You can't just, you have to be yourself, but you can't just be yourself. You have to somehow communicate that without setting off people's bullshit meters. So that is really why the book exists. And I think it's all, everything in it is trying to be calculated toward somebody who is somehow responsible for for communicating, whether they're literally, literally the server trying to communicate what makes Cheesecake Factory the right place for you to to drop $70 today or um, somebody who's just getting started as a, you know, marketing. I'm picturing, I'm picturing, actually, I guess I'm picturing somebody who tells their friends, 
that they are going to uh, do they have a new job marketing a restaurant and that their friend buys the book for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You know, that's my that's, that's my ideal. So that yeah, it's just uh, so then, then it's sort of like I hear I want to help, but um, I've tried to write it so that it's not boring. I guess that's the other thing that didn't exist. It seems like there are books about restaurants that are you know interesting or they make they, they make a lot of good points, but I find them difficult to read because I'm frankly I'm not that faster reader. I'm not a real good reader. Um, that's what makes me want to be a writer is that I I struggle with long sentences. I struggle with boring words. I need I need an action verb. I need the sense that the story's going to have a punchline. And uh, so I've tried to give the book that sense. Yeah, I mean, I will say this for the, the chapters, the paragraphs, everything's really quick. So somebody in this industry who doesn't have the time to really, you know, uh, you know, cozy up with a book and get comfortable but just wants information, uh, he gets to the point. It's, it's like really straight to the point, quick chapters. You can do a chapter a night easily a really really manageable book to read um and i mean i like i said i got it yesterday and i just spent like six hours probably total with it and was able to get a good solid concept of what you're after and it's a it's a must read i can't wait to go through it entirely every page um and i suggest you guys do too and you can find the book in the show notes just go to www.restaurantunstoppable slash 60 and you can have it um it's worth the, the investment you'll uh it'll change your vision and your outlook on how to uh use communication to market your restaurant for sure so um thank you Eric. no you're uh thank you for taking the time to come talk to us on the show so uh cool Thank you so much, Charlie, for being a guest. Uh, best of luck with your book uh, and with everything. And please do keep in touch. You've been so enthusiastic that it's it's been a pleasure. And I, uh, I'm happy to help you if I can in the future in any way that I can. Thank you. Um, I ha- And I am very flattered that you enjoyed the book so much. I, I'm just getting started. I can't wait to finish. I'll let you know what I think when I'm done completely with it. But uh, yeah, I'm c- certainly the trick is it. the trick is the lists. Yeah, by putting by, by filling it up with lists, it makes people I think uh, have to have to stay with that list until they get to the end, and then all of a sudden they've read a whole bunch. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, best of luck, like I said, and thank you again. We'll be in touch. Thank you very very much, and we'll be in touch. All right, take care. Another incredible episode here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Like always, we're going to do just a little bit of a debrief uh, to kind of recap on what really stood out in in the conversation. And uh, what stood out to me, I'll just do a little quote here. Uh, People are not fooled by advertising. They are only influenced by how a company really seems to operate. So I guess the lesson that I took away today is... Don't try to be something you're not, and uh, don't try to bullshit people because they'll see right through it. Uh, get really uh, connected to who you are, what your values of a company are, and get it committed to writing, and then steer as close as that to that path, to that plan, to that marketing strategy um, as possible. But it all starts with being clear and you know obtaining that clarity about who you are, um, and then like he says. People have a built-in bullshit meter. So if you want to be effective, you have to treat them with you have to treat your, your guests with respect and communicate in a way that um, you know 
is truthful, is transparent, is and is authentic to your uh, purpose and to who you are, who your restaurant's character is. Uh, so that's just really cool stuff. Uh, it's an awesome book, guys. You really need to pick it up. He gives some great tools. We really didn't even scratch the surface on the, the communication tools. The, 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 like the meat of the book is communication tools. Uh, how to write effectively. That's what he is. He is a writer. And he gives you the tools. Uh, we know we need to be on Facebook. We know we need to be on Twitter. We know we need to have a website. We know we need to have a menu. Duh. But the thing is, we don't know how to be on those platforms. And he teaches you the tools. He gives you the language to speak to market yourself, your true authentic self effectively. And that's why you need this book. Um, it's such an easy read too. Don't be intimidated. It's like 230 pages. Hold on. I'll check right now. I'm going to pick up the book. I'll check right now. It's not, e- wait, it's 228 pages. Wait, a little more. It's 232 pages. You can handle it. Each chapter is like 10 like pages long. It's easy and it's so straightforward and like just easy to absorb. So don't waste any time. Go support Charlie and support me because if you guys use the links in my show notes at www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 60, Amazon will give me a little piece of the pie and that money will go to making my restaurant dreams unstoppable. So if you're going to pick up the book, you might as well use the links in the show notes. It's at no extra cost to you, and you know your money will be going back into our industry and supporting my cause and help me provide more content for you guys and to keep this podcast going because I'm loving every second of it, and I hope you are finding value in these discussions. So that's all I have. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. Charlie, you rock, dude, and my listeners, at home y'all rock too until next time peace out